Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Today is a good day for a great new Red Pill. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Today's Red Pill is about a biblical truth that we've overlooked in ignorance. So, now that we know better, we can do better. We want you to do better with us. Mm Mm-hmm. Follow our podcast online at redpiltorah.podbean.com. Find Red Pill Torah on Facebook, Twitter, Google Play, or email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. Dad, we may have some new listeners who don't understand where the name Red Pill Torah comes from. Why don't we explain that before we get started? Sounds like a good idea, Mama. So we saw the movie titled The Matrix Together many years ago. In that movie, people were living in a dream world, not knowing that their bodies were being used to generate electrical power for intelligent machines. Some people were free from the dream world, and they fought to free as many other people as they could. They would give dreaming people a choice, take the blue pill and stay in the dream world, or take the red pill. Do you remember that um, really good definition of red pill you gave on our first podcast, Miss? I think it was titled In the Beginning. I sure do. I have it right here. Red pill is used to refer to a process by which a person's perspective is dramatically transformed, introducing them to a new and typically disturbing understanding of the true nature of their situation. In the movie, the red pill represented their true existence and allowed them to make choices that benefited them, not the machines. Our first red pill experience happened when we realized that we were serving God based on traditions and institutions of men. Some traditions were even based in occult practices, and we had no idea. You know, that's right. And uh, the Torah part of the name came in when we decided to go back to the beginning studying the Bible from a Hebrew language, historical, and cultural perspective. Michael Rood, a biblical historian and teacher, has a saying that we've really come to appreciate. He promises to leave plenty of time for Hebrews to interpret scriptures they wrote and equal time for Gentiles to interpret the scriptures that they wrote. You know, that would mean that the Gentile interpreters wouldn't have very much to say. Hey, I agree, Mama. A lot of really bad doctrine came from trying to interpret Scripture in the interpreter's context and not a Hebrew context. We have read evidence of early church leaders who purposefully worked to minimize or even erase the Hebrew or Jewish influences in the Scriptures. That ain't right. The impact was devastating because today many believers would not even know that most of the characters in the Bible were Hebrew or Jewish, let alone understand why this is important. We knew that most of the Bible patriarchs were Hebrew, but we did not know the significance of that before we took that red pill. Now, we see our Elohim's faithfulness to Abraham over thousands of years. Mm -hmm. We also know that his Torah, the first five books of the Bible, provide context for understanding the rest of the scriptures. The Torah gives us the right perspective to understand his plan of salvation and how everyone, Jew and Gentile, can be included. Amen. We also know that Torah means instruction, not law or commandments. Even if Torah did mean commandments, 
We don't see any problem with the creator of the universe giving commandments and expecting us to follow them. We delight in his instructions. They're not bondage if you want to do what he says to do. So, Dad, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about what it means to love Jehovah, our Elohim, and Melech, our God and King. This is a great example of a topic that many believers misunderstand because we don't seek out the Hebrew context, even when it's right in front of us. I agree, Daddy. These days, love can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Generally, let's say that love means having a strong feeling of affection towards someone or something. Okay. Many sons love their mothers and will fight whoever even makes a joke about them. Other people love their pets, so they buy them medical health insurance or they buy them gifts on their birthday. People love sports, hobbies, and even material possessions like cars or boats and homes. I'm sure many believers would define loving God in terms of a strong affinity for Him. Mm-hmm. Loving God is, is um, the topic of a lot of church songs as well. Let's look to the Bible to see what it says about loving our Elohim. Now, we have several scriptures to share. Please, listen closely for a pattern in these scriptures. Exodus 20, verse 6 says, Jehovah shows mercy to thousands who love him and keep his commandments. Deuteronomy 5 and 10 says that Jehovah shows mercy to the thousandth generation of those who love him and keep his commandments. Deuteronomy 10, verse 12 through 13 says, What does Jehovah your Elohim require of you? But to fear Jehovah your Elohim, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve Jehovah your Elohim with all your heart and with all your soul, to keep the commandments of Jehovah and his statutes, which I command you this day for your benefit. Deuteronomy 11 and 1 says, Therefore you will love Jehovah your Elohim, and keep his charge, and his statutes, and his judgments, and his commandments always. Deuteronomy 11:22 to 23 says, For if you will diligently keep all these commandments which I command you, to do them, to love Jehovah your Elohim, to walk in all his ways and to embrace him, then will Jehovah drive out these nations from before you, and you will possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Joshua 22, verse 5 says, But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of Jehovah, charged you, to love Jehovah your Elohim, and to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, and to hold on to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Psalm 119, verse 48 says, My hand will I lift up unto your commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in your laws. Isaiah 56 and 6 says, Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to Jehovah, to serve him, and to love the name of Jehovah, to be his servants, everyone that keeps the Sabbath from polluting it, and takes hold of my covenant. The word translated as love in our Bibles is the Hebrew word ahava. Its root word, ahav, means to give. Ahava is about giving time and devotion to someone. Unlike love in our modern day sense, ahava is an action, not an emotion. 
Ahava doesn't happen to us. We do Ahava. We do it to our Elohim and to each other. These scriptures tell us the way Jehovah expects us, as his children, to Ahavan him. Our Elohim equates Ahava with obeying him. All the scriptures that we just read speak about loving our Elohim and about obeying his commandments. Our motivation for obeying our Elohim's commandments should be Ahava. It's like you said earlier in the podcast, Miss. His Torah or his instructions are not bondage if you want to do what he instructs you to do. Mm-hmm. Many believers feel that the Old Testament is all about commandments, but the New Testament is all about grace and love. Well, let's read a few scriptures from the Brit Chadashah, the New Testament, and see if the message is any different there. Okay. John verse 14, I mean, sorry, John chapter 14, verse 15 says, and Yeshua speaking here, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm. John 14 and 21 says, Yeshua said, the one who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my father and I will love him and will show myself to him. First John chapter 2 verse 5 says, the one who keeps Jehovah's word in him is the love of God truly perfected. This is how we know that we are in him. First John 5 and 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not a burden. Miss, can you read uh, verse 2 and 3 from First John 5? Mm-hmm. By this we know that we are the children of Elohim when we love Elohim and keep his commandments. For this is the love of Elohim, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not a burden. Amen. Second John 1 and 6 says, And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as all of you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Amen. In every verse, we see the same association between loving Elohim and obeying his instructions. Remember, his instructions are his Torah. If the popular belief that his Torah was done away with is true, what is there to obey? These beliefs are mistaken based on people's misunderstanding of the scriptures. If you are unsure about what it means to fulfill something, please check out our podcast number two, titled, What is Torah? For now, just know that if the commandment to not commit adultery, to not lie, to not kill, or to steal are still in effect, so are the other six. Now seems like a good time to ask the question, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with his instructions? Maybe during this podcast you realize that in some ways you are not loving the Lord your God the way he recognizes. Will you take the blue pill and rely on your strong feelings of affinity for him? Or will you take the red pill and Ahava, your Elohim? Simply do what he's instructed you to do in his written word. Only you can answer that question. Please, don't wait for goosebumps or 
a warm feeling deep on the inside to obey him. Ahavai Yehovah, your Elohim. Do what he instructed you to do. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and read over the scriptures we shared. Discuss this episode with your family and friends. In our next podcast, we'll talk about the covenants our Elohim made with the people in the Bible. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah where you can handle the truth. truth.